0: Hello, everybody. I am hopping on to this live to have a very, very exciting conversation with a fellow friend, a colleague, um, a soul sister, (laughs) Katie. Um, So I'm just gonna see if she can request to join in. And the audio, if you're if you're thinking to stick around let me know if you can hear me okay and hopefully this works hello like magic
1: amazing, amazing. i think that's the hardest thing now we just have to chat <laughs> i know
0: oh, and chatting with you is honestly uh
1: just super lovely as always <laughs> we were actually just having a pre-chat and then there was so much magic we were like we should probably just go live
0: yeah 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 exactly how are you i'm
1: really 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 well actually it's really exciting to be coming on um as tribe retreats um because i feel like this is it's like our little baby it is honestly it's very exciting to be
0: creating this with you and me and katie have hosted now a couple of retreats actually in spain and in france and we're just a few weeks away until we come together again to our first retreat of the season in May in Spain. <laughs> so, but there's so many exciting things uh, that, are, that are happening this year with Katie, with Tribe and our community, which is just evolving and growing. And I think the most exciting thing for us is to see that we have so many returners, so many people coming back. So I think... Um, yeah, we're just we're just creating something very very special, which really excites me every single day that we- I wake up. <laughs> I think
1: really, and I suppose if anyone is like new or doesn't know about Tribe, Lena and I put together, and we um, worked on somebody else's retreat. But the magic, and I suppose the kind of joint sense of kind of purpose and mission is the reason that we have created kind of Tribes. So I suppose what we realised. There is some sort of magical journey because I don't think often people go on retreats where they get the sort of movement kind of training aspect, as well as maybe the more kind of like spiritual yoga side of things. And it does appear to be like, if I do so, say so myself, and I know that people who have attended would agree this kind of lovely magic combination. And I know what we're both very kind of like almost obsessed with is taking women on this journey of like coming home to themselves like this journey of actually finding peace within their bodies starting to kind of feel this kind of body neutrality moving towards kind of more body love more body positivity Mm. and it is a combination of stepping back inside your body when everything kind of external is keeping you outside and keeping you kind of looking at yourself and in this sort of judgment kind of never can do enough, never can be small enough, never can be you know training in the right way or doing enough yoga practice and actually taking these women on this journey of like you are enough, you are not broken, you have everything you need within you but helping to give them that autonomy back in their bodies has been mind-blowing and I think it's why we've become so passionate about. Creating tribe retreats and trying to spread this message to even more um, women, occasionally the odd man as well. But I would say the majority of people that we take on this journey have been women so far, and a couple of very extraordinary men. Exactly. And
0: I think when these people come together, you know, we can get not always friends, like really strangers coming together to experience this. And that brings this kind of power of the community and i think for us community i think that's the reason why we've decided on the name Tribe because it really feels like a family when when we create these experiences and that's that's so so nurturing that is a safe space for people to work through maybe some difficult you know things that are happening in their life but because it is a safe space they they feel enabled they feel like they're held and uh, they can share their stories freely without any judgment. I think that's that 's really magical, and that 's so so empowering and I think that 's why people are also returning you know and I think you and me were just saying also that um, every retreat, no matter how many of of them you 've done or are planning to do, are going to be different, like even if the program you know slightly is like is similar in some parts you 're going to feel different because your body is always changing. Uh, you're changing, the way you see the world can also be changing, and you'll be interacting with different people on retreats, uh, which they'll be reflecting things back onto you. Maybe, you know, saying something that, you know, a light bulb will switch up in, in your own mind, and you'll learn something from that special person. So um, yeah, it's just an incredible kind of journey that you can give yourself. Um and you also mentioned something, I think I lost my train of thoughts there a little bit, but um, about, uh, well, even coming back to that theme of, of change. Um, so recently, I've done this uh, Vipassana course, which is a 10-day course. It's a silent, silent course, basically, silent meditation course. And the the technique also talks about this constant flow of change, like Imagine a river, you know, you would sit down to watch a river flow, and even if you look at the same spot in that stream, the river or the water is never going to be the same because it's rippling across, right? So I think once we realize that our life is a little bit like that, it makes um, it makes things a little bit easier to, to handle. Even in uh, occasions of extreme adversity, for example, or just challenging times, when you see this as a constant flow you are able to accept those challenges in your life a little bit easier and with more compassion towards yourself yeah um and i think also what that course gave me those 10 days in silence just being with my thoughts um not doing anything else oh you were saying about the constant distractions that are kind of bombarded uh, at at yeah. us 24 7. those 10 days when you're not doing anything but meditating observing the nature, actually being in touch with the nature and so, so aware um, that really heals and it allows your nervous system to finally calm and cool down, which is an incredible thing that we can do for ourselves. Because these days, like on a regular day-to-day basis, it's also, I think it's almost quite impossible. Like even when we go to bed, sometimes we feel high levels of stress and we don't know how we can bring that down.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. R- yeah. We kind of live in the state of like hyper arousal. And yeah, I mean I did a podcast the other day and it was about the fact that so many of us like have this preference to hyper arousal. So, you know, the scrolling, the very kind of high energy exercise, the kind of always that need to do more. Whereas really, like to live your best life, you kind of want to be living in your window of tolerance. But to open it up, if you're someone who always tends to kind of shift into those hyper arousal activities is you need to have the down-regulating. So you can basically make the width of your window of tolerance bigger. Because when you're in your window of tolerance, you make better decisions, you're able to align your actions better with the, the goals you have for life. Because we, we all want to live intentionally, but mm. we get so caught up in this like perpetual forward motion. We're like spinning our wheels we're spinning all the plates we're like being mothers we're working careers we're starting businesses we're you know we're doing all of this crazy stuff and we're kind of like just throwing everything out there hoping something will stick and it will make our life feel meaningful and you know but actually it's these times of reflection of kind of coming back into yourself because i know a theme that happens so much with the women that I work with so I work if you don't know sort of with um, group coaching programs I work one-to-one um, coaching with women as well um, it's this this feeling of kind of loss of identity like not even knowing anymore like when somebody asks you something like oh so you know I don't know what do you like to eat or what kind of pattern of nourishment makes you thrive and you're like I don't even know actually, I don't even know anymore because of multiple factors, like either trying to please everyone else in your household with the meals or having gone on so many fad diets that you've got this notion of good, bad foods, crowding out your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own preferences. And I think so many women who work with me and obviously as a result, I encourage them to come and do this work on retreat, need that space and need that held space. And I don't think that was a concept that I was really aware of before I met you and you changed my life. (laughs) And this the idea of somebody holding a safe space for you to actually take a moment to insert that pause and be like, you know, what what do I need right now? Like what with loving myself, not somebody else, not putting somebody else's preference, not putting societal pressures of how I perceive my, goals should be or should look like like actually what does it look like for me like in this body that I'm living in in this life that I've got like what would loving myself even deeply right now look like because I think there's a loss of um autonomy I think we we kind of lose trust with ourselves we break down because we let all of these external influences and all of this background noise drowns out like what people are like we don't even know like It's yeah, I think we forget even who we are, like what we want, like what our intention is, what we want to give out to the world, because we're so busy spinning. Exactly. It just also kind of jumped into what I
0: wanted to say next. Um, I heard this um, little game that you can do with yourself. So, for example, if I ask you, if I ask you, Katie, can you point where your nose is? You can do this with me. Yeah. Can you point where your shoulder is, where your leg is? You don't need to lift it, but you get the gist. And then, if I ask you, can you point where you are? Where is the core of you? Where would you point?
1: I'm probably like stomach. Stom- like, I
0: probably stomach. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think most of the people would maybe point to their hearts because this is kind of like this, um, you know, a temple of of our being, of our soul, however you'd like to interpret it. But I think on retreats, what we really try and do is actually really ask ourselves, like, who am I? When we take those labels, like a mother, a partner, a girlfriend, a wife off, or, you know, I'm this, I'm a marketing executive, I'm a a journalist, like, but actually, who are you? When none of that or everything, is taken away from you this is something that i've been also contemplating on vipassana because really those 10 days felt a little bit like um what it feels like to be a monk or a nun like in a monastery in an ashram you know whatever uh, this is what the teachers are saying you're actually you know your phones are taken away you're not able to communicate with your families you're not able to do any your any of your regular doings even yoga which is so 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 something close to me and that I'm so kind of even attached to in a way Mm -hmm. so I I identified you know with that but that has been taken away from me and actually that really liberated me as well like I was able just to focus on something else completely something else entirely and I was just with with Lena, like for those 10 days, you know, not doing anything else. And and yes, maybe my physical strength have gone down. Yes, my flexibility maybe have gone down. I've chatted to you about this as well, but that's fine because I put my focus for the first time in my life for those 10 days to actually know myself better. I've never been silent for 10 days in my life before. And that was just a really, really profound and an experience that gave me even bigger wings, I would say.
1: Yeah, because it is, and I think I know one of the the topics that we're both super interested in is this idea of kind of fluidity and kind of this sort of no attachment and yeah being able to be more fluid with with our identity because like you say you identify as a yoga instructor a yoga teacher um, somebody who obviously takes people on these incredible journeys of movement and exploring kind of the insides of themselves and coming home to themselves etc but actually stripping that away because so many of us do identify as what roles we perform in the world, but those roles can change. Like something can happen. Like maybe there's illness, maybe there's injury, like anything can happen, but we, the almost like the harder we cling to identities, and particularly for the women I work with, it will be like a past identity of a body they've lived in, something that they're harking back to. And I I, I loved it when we did have that interchange, because obviously Lena came back off retreat and obviously the thing I'm interested in is, was there much food? (laughs)
0: That was my biggest concern as well. But thank God there was actually. But you don't even think about the food that much, to be
1: honest. Just to calm your mind. But again, I was like, oh, my God. And did you get to, like, you know, do any squats? Um, (laughs) You were like, actually, you know, the bodies that we live in, they, they literally belong in that moment and they're not, we can't form too many attachments to them, and lots of the women I work with are like perimenopausal and they're having to have a massive shift in identity, they're having to suddenly live in bodies that don't feel like they belong to them anymore, like bodies where they don't have the same kind of drive or get up and go, or hormonally are just kind of so dysregulated, like they're feeling a little bit alien in their own skin. And it's, it's again trying not to resist the change trying to kind of get back into the body that you live in right now, stop kind of harking after bodies of the past that you've lived in or fitness levels that you've previously attained and start to get really fascinated. And I love the word curiosity and I know you do too, but really curious and really fascinated about the body you're living in today. Like everything that you've got kind of like right now to try and be more present and in the moment and start to think about, about developing this much more kind of loving and nurturing relationship with yourself to help Mm. find this like happier balance this this peace so many people that work with me have this internal war going on like this kind of really Kind of abusive relationship in their heads, like an abusive relationship with their body, where they have either overfed it, underfed it, over-exercised it, under-exercised it, never been able to find like a gentle rhythm. But then I think again, this notion that the rhythm of your life changes, like the seasons, you know, sometimes and I know we like exploring these themes because our retreats are now kind of going through different seasons. Exactly. Uh, but like what what suited your body, what nurtured it, what looked like love when you were 20 is gonna be like completely different when you're 44. And it's gonna be completely different when you're 55. But just getting curious and giving, coming at this journey with compassion to be like, actually, I'm not sure how I need to look after this body that I'm living in today. But I think I would like to go on the journey of finding out how to make this the happiest place to be possible whilst not kind of clinging on exactly totally
0: and uh, you were uh, just mentioning uh, curiosity um, and in the recent podcast that I've listened with uh, Deepak Chopra he was saying that one of the steps to actually start feeling that you're liberating yourself from these societal constructs is to evoke curiosity again actually like looking at the child even if you have small children he said like just look at them like how they're going through life you know they they're they're happy to kind of have their eyes wide open go out into the nature and just feel touch smell look pause don't rush and we we lose that innate ability we really lose touch with that and uh, there's a story i think um before a Buddha was dying, somebody asked him, like, who, who are you? Who are you? And the Buddha answered, I'm aware. So, like, he was aware. Obviously, he was super enlightened and everything, you know. This is, like, the next level. Um, but anyway, I think that answer just really shines a lot. Like, why are we doing so many things? Actually, what is what is the goal of doing so much? Um, but actually if you are aware I think that will allow you to to slow down and do things intentionally intentionally with curiosity without rush and with a lot of compassion and kindness towards yourself as well because even yoga or fitness or even this kind of internal journey can also be like a race sometimes you know people I don't know people can paint this picture that okay like they want to they want to be like this, or they want to get rid of all of their traumas, like by the end of the summer kind of thing, you know? So it's not the right mindset. It is a journey. It is a river that flows and it is always changing. And you'll be discovering new things about yourself, new things about your environment. And uh, you learn along the way as well. Yeah.
1: And I, I think that's what can be tricky. Like, again, particularly with uh, the women that I tend to work with, there is this, Like ability that they've had in their lives to do things perfectly and to kind of like um, learn things quickly and be able to sort of change and adapt and you know just kind of perform quite high performers in life and what we're talking about is tricky because you can't be perfect at it actually it's the kind of imperfect practice and the kind of reflective nature and the the interest the curiosity the compassion the kind of peeling back of another layer of the onion knowing that there's no like there's no destination like there's not like an epiphany moment or unless you're that monk maybe where you're like yay kind of enlightenment it's actually just always an explorative journey and it's always changing and it's never the same and it's that's what makes it so fascinating. But it can also be so hard to engage with because there isn't that like, oh, you know, I'm just going to wait until I'm in a size 10 and then I'll be like, you know, it's what we're proposing is such a different, much more kind of messy in a way, but much more fulfilling and much more rewarding. And I would say the impact of taking this much more holistic. We have some aww,
0: hard coming in.
1: <laughs> much more kind of like Holistic approach to your wellness is is so much more interesting to me and I think that's why we're so much more interested in doing this work like it's not like oh come away with this and we're gonna juice cleanse you and we're gonna like you and we're gonna like work through all your things whilst making you drop five pounds like that couldn't be further away from the type of journey we want to take you on we just want to take you on this much more meaningful much more kind of life transforming journey because what happens when we start to do this work and what i find so incredibly inspiring is the ripple effect it has because you might be like oh i'm just you know gonna either you know work with one of us or come on a retreat or just start to explore this kind of like i suppose softer side of things and actually like it impacts positively on your relationships it gives you this new capacity to deal with hardship and adversity that crops up in your life it makes you start thinking about like the work you're doing and you know it's it just starts to provoke these very kind of like positive ripples that just impact on everything else in your life and I don't think you can don't think you can anticipate that like until you start to take the time and I know you've talked about the importance of stillness I suppose maybe people might be and like oh my god I'm in perpetual forward motion I'm spinning all these plates like how I've got a mortgage I've got like some children I've got some work I've got these demands on me from you know every single angle how do I even begin to imagine that I can have the luxury which and it also might feel like selfishness of inserting Ooh, yeah I hear that
0: a lot like oh but you know taking some time to do this it's selfish because i'm saying no to five other things and i'm just saying yes to to one thing which is me yeah <laughs> but really you know you cannot drain yourself and uh what 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 will you have to give when the cup is empty so uh you know things like that you know 5 minutes of meditation a day or a little bit of journaling this morning for example i without uh, kind of looking at my phone the first thing in the morning, I just sat down with a book and that just kind of, I'm starting with a, not with a dopamine hit, basically. I'm starting nice and slow because if you start with that hit, then you'll seek out that hit for the rest of the day, I think. And you're just going to feed onto that. You're going to crave that. Craving is another thing, which we've really talked, or the teachers were talking a lot in Vipassana. So there's a desire or craving or the the disgust or the, the hate. So for example, when you sit in a meditation uh, for an hour, you're gonna experience all sorts of emotions, well, not emotions, but physical sensations in your body. So they're either going to be pleasant, lovely, that you'll want more of, mm-hmm. or painful, which you want to get rid of you know, as soon as you can. But in the meditation, what we are learning is to sit with that discomfort, because guess what, in five minutes, it'll pass and something else will come up. So again, that reappearing theme of change. Mm -hmm. And once you learn to sit with discomfort, then you can take that into your life. And once you know, something, once you're faced with something really challenging, you'll be able to be with that in a, in a more grounded space and a feeling. So I think meditation and practices like this are are a perfect, perfect tool for you to gain that um, groundedness and gain that comfort just by knowing that this too will pass. And this has been like this sentence for me for those 10 days that really kind of carried me through and helped me because like I would – have this thought one moment thinking, oh my God, I'm in this Vipassana thing. Like, I'm so grateful because it was so difficult to get into this. And then the next thought comes like, oh my God, I hate this. Like, please (laughs) just save me. Like, I hope a helicopter lands and takes me away from this hell, you know? And again, it just shows that, you know, your thoughts are just constantly changing. And another thing that I also not realized because I kind of knew about it, but just learned more of, is that I'm not my thoughts. Because you cannot kind of, I suppose you cannot, you can be both like love and hate, black and white sometimes, but equally I'm learning to detach myself from that and just observe Yeah. and then welcome whatever that comes with a bit more ease. And again, we take this into life and, you know, we live a more grounded, more stable life whenever we are faced with adversity or a
1: challenging moment. Yeah so definitely yeah looking at those kind of down regulating activities and I think that was really good Well, I actually I'm starting my day reading too Lena which doesn't surprise me because Lena and I tend to do things in a weird (laughs) (laughs) harmony and actually not reaching for that kind of dopamine driving phone because all it does and we know this about dopamine levels because obviously they peak and then you end up lower than you were before so you have to seek out something that gives you a bigger hit which is why and I mean you and I are not saying that we're angelic by any means oh. you so no. like, that's why we're so related. Relationship- But as in we do understanding the driver and then understanding and becoming quite curious about why you're so driven to seek this out and then to reflect on like, is there a part of your life that needs a little bit more expansion or a little bit more work and what's underlying your what's driving your need for this. It's probably maybe connection. Maybe it's a lack of kind of meaning. Maybe it's a lack of meaningful connections. And it's it's just starting to get not judgy, not like, oh God, yeah, I'm awful with my phone or oh yeah, I'm so addicted to sugar. Or I'm, you know, I, I really, I really like it when people say these things to me. Cause I'm like, well, it's really interesting that you've got this belief, this narrative that you're holding on to, that you're identifying with. Because obviously if we have this identity and we hold on to it quite closely, just the curiosity Of how is this belief serving me how is kind of my identity being wrapped up as this person who's addicted to their phone you know how is it going to be driving my actions if i believe this about myself like what if i held a different belief what if i questioned how true this was um what if i created a different identity for myself how about if i voted In line with the belief that I held this preferable identity and I always talk about it like money boxes and if you stop voting in the direction of being this person who's not addicted to their phone but who seeks that meaningful connection you know if you vote enough into that money box the other money box becomes depleted you create like this new pathway through your Mm. It's the path of least resistance and we get stuck in motor pathways that just are the ones that we use most consistently and there's very little resistance and we just keep creating this loop. But sometimes we can't see that until we stop. Kind mm. of, do some like, again, like all those down-regulating, like a little bit of meditation. And anyone that knows me knows this isn't my natural space, um, but there's some really helpful apps now I mean, I love, I know you're on the Insight Timer and I keep telling everyone to download your and go and cancel your subscription. <laughs> but you still get the access and you can choose like three minutes. Yeah, and it exactly. It might be positive affirmations. It might be like a little guided meditation. Um, and I just think what it does is it is very soothing on your nervous system it also it gives you science yeah. i
0: mean really you cannot uh, like say anything against that because it's science yeah it does bring it down by you, a lot
1: You start to <laughs> this identity as being someone who meditates like before you know it because you you can't just fake these things until you make it you can't just be like you know i'm a and, meditator and never exactly there. and equally
0: i must say because you can have beautiful meditations when you after you feel blissed out and relaxed and just very grounded, but equally another meditation can be completely the opposite. Mm -hmm. So we shouldn't attach uh, ourselves to that end goal because everything is a journey, even that three or five minute meditation because the result can be and will be very, very different every single time. So again, coming back to Vipassana because this is just something that uh, was so, so profound. Like one meditation was feeling really pleasant. Like that hour just flew by and my body was feeling good. I didn't have any pain. My back was nice and straight. I didn't change a position within that hour. And the next meditation after two hours, like I couldn't sit still. And like I had such racing thoughts and like, you know, there was only a small gap between those two meditations, but I felt so different. So again, my, the work that I had to do in that moment is to not, hate myself for how I'm feeling right now or trying to kind of attach myself to that previous Lina when she was sitting in that meditation and replicate those same sensations yeah so I suppose what I'm saying is that even if you schedule these beautiful grounding practices in your day uh, they're just going to be also every single time different so would come into them without any expectation for them to be, you know, transcendental or enlightening. Just come yeah. and meet yourself where you are. That would yeah. be, I think, my, my kind of little nugget, little tip.
1: I <laughs> remember, like on one of um, the retreats, you read something out about that and welcoming all of the emotions and acknowledging yes. them and at the door and inviting them in. Because I I,
0: I, I do remember this, it's a great analogy, like thinking about your brain or your mind as a a guest, a house, and all of these emotions are guests coming in into your house. Some guests, uh, you know, you don't really want them in, maybe. Some guests are wonderful. They bring cakes and flowers and, you know, delicious wine or whatever. Um, But again, it's, that would be that desire for only those guests to come in. Mm -hmm. You don't want the, you know, the not so pleasant guests to come but actually it's just it's just a, a flow of different things coming into your life bringing you different you know lessons for you to learn yeah. So you have to see that as an opportunity to to learn something yeah. to learn something first of all about yourself that's all you what you need to do first is to look at yourself not other people no desire to change those guests that you don't like <laughs> but actually see how that feels in your body when those guests come in, when those emotions come in, see how your body responds to that.
1: And I think no, like, and a lot of the work I do with women is around kind of emotional eating. And so much of that also comes from like, trying to fill this void where maybe we haven't wanted to um, acknowledge those more negative emotions we want to suppress them we want to kind of push them down we don't want to feel them so we go and do something quite like numbing or distracting something that kind of gives you that little like sugary boost or something because you don't want to sit with the things that don't feel nice and so again being able to name that emotion notice where you're feeling it in your body start to make decisions that feel like they're more congruent with the you know, the type of person you are wanting to be or like the health goal that you've mm. set for, or kind of like, like just making sure that your actions start aligning more with your goal, what's important to you in life, all of those things. There's so much of, I think, the scrolling, the emotional eating, the kind of shopping habits. They're about unmet needs and not being able to meet yourself where you are and not being confident enough to give yourself that space to be like, you know, I really like the saying, like, you were the sky, the rest is just weather. But yeah. that whole notion yeah, yeah. that things are going to roll through, they're going to move through. And if we just maybe sometimes took some time to, to meet ourselves where we are that day, even when it's not our best selves, even when it was, you know, like, wiggly Lena, who wasn't having her most perfect meditation, but, like, actually, the lesson's fine. from sitting with that person opens up that kind of window of tolerance it opens up your ability to deal with hard things because life is filled with hard things
0: exactly but I think from that you know beautiful lessons come and that kind of propels us to to change and to evolve and and learn and yeah. learn be be a human being not a human doing as Deepak Chopra yeah. said in this recent
1: podcast okay. yeah so human being so I think that like some tips like definitely that kind of like down regulating like if you're naturally an up regulator if you're like oh yeah i do maybe try and like either suppress things or kind of like just go down these little rabbit holes to actually know that the antithesis or the antidote to that is this down regulation like looking for the quiet moment with a book looking to turn the phone off looking to you know because none of us are superhuman these devices Netflix they're designed to make them unput downable. like that's yeah crazy. like it's how much can we grab you exactly but
0: equally I must say you don't always have to you know listen to wellness podcasts and meditate and cross-legged position you can watch the Netflix but as long as you're aware of that you're doing that, that action yeah and maybe even you you know, telling yourself that I'm not going to binge it, but I'm going to actually focus on that and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm aware that I'm doing it. It's, I think it, it, the moment you just kind of mindlessly, you know, scroll or, you know, watch five, five episodes in a row, that can be a bit harmful. But if you're doing this with intention and awareness, that's totally fine. We need to also, you know, have that time when we are just switching off as well. But equally, we have to have the opposite when we actually sit down and listen to what is inside.
1: Yeah. Amazing. I suppose just in case anyone isn't on like mailing lists or things, I suppose maybe we can chat a little bit about how our retreats run, like maybe a couple of the retreats. Because we do have a little schedule now since we've lost this new level of Name and an Instagram account and everything. We have been quite busy. And um, I know obviously the upcoming Barcelona retreat is sold out mostly with return people, which again, well. adds to the kind of fact that although this work is hard, it's massively meaningful and people obviously assign a high value to continuing it because like instantly the minute we finish one, like often at the last kind of brunch, which is always incredible and involves just the most delicious food. Um, most people are like just demanding that we make <laughs> the next day. That's kind of how we ended up doing, you know, the last couple was literally the current people saying, And let's get our diaries out, when are you doing your next one? And then obviously again. So obviously Barcelona unfortunately is well, fortunately, but unfortunately fortunately, if you yeah. and you
0: there, there. We have some people on a waiting list, but I mean, I don't think anybody's going to cancel unless, I mean, they get ill or something, but I hope everybody's going to come, you know, healthy, prepared, and just super
1: excited. Oh, so Very excited. So I think everybody who we're in touch with, because again, it's kind of created, like we do have a tribe retreat community now, which is incredible. And we obviously have the retreat in September where there's a few spaces. We have a UK retreat coming up. Um, which is super exciting because it's the first time we have popped up in the UK. And I just, yeah, we're, I mean, we're popping up an in incredible space. Like it's like a manor house that used to belong to Christine McVee from Fleetwood Max. It's got some musical history. There's. Well, then- Avian fire, um, wood burning, hot tubs. There's gonna be sky gazing, uh, star gazing in the hot tub. There's gonna be nature walks. There's gonna be connection. There's gonna be cacao ceremonies. There's gonna be all sorts. And there are a couple spaces left there and then that time, one just you know what was,
0: very very quickly so I'm, I'm just excited also because i kind of had to convince katie to do one in the uk because she wants to go to where it's warm but i'm like <gasps> actually what do you think about this like really wintering autumnal retreat by the fire you know cozy and well thank goodness she said yes so
1: <laughs> exciting and i think again like it pretty much nearly has sold out like straight away we're mm. like releasing it properly like a couple of days ago but there are like a few spaces So again if anyone's interested you can message either lena or i exactly I yeah options or obviously visit um the website but then the very exciting space that i've reserved in january twenty-four. it is bali <laughs> if you've been to bali i suppose it'll be really lovely because I've, I've been telling people about kind of the agenda and some of the kind of more like Balinese like rituals and practices and I suppose just talk about the magic of Bali. So Bali has been on
0: my wish list for such a long time and I was finally able to go there uh, on a retreat myself actually this January so I went there with my mom She, she just kind of took me there basically i'm very grateful (laughs) and um the moment literally when i landed i felt like this island just wrapped me in the warmest and the biggest hug i've never had this feeling anywhere that i've like i've traveled quite a bit but i've never had this feeling the people there the locals the way they the way they do their days everything has a little intention and a ritual behind it for some people that might look quite exhausting but I think for them it's such a such a given natural thing that they do they cannot imagine their life any other way Um, there's always these prayers that come you know with every little blessing and obviously the island is just beautiful the nature there is beautiful and Wellness community is very, very big there. So you can, you can feel that energy, you know, it's pulsing in the air, Ubud, especially, which is like this kind of Mecca for yoga and meditation. It's not at all like a party place, you know, you would have probably some cafes and bars in the in the little town but people wake up at 6am to go take a yoga class you know they they wake up to do like an ecstatic dance or a breathwork session so it's all about that it's all about coming there to to heal and to learn and to create these beautiful meaningful bonds because you are already placed in, in a space where there's so many like minded people so you feel you really truly feel like you belong there like this is how i felt you know and I was very lucky to arrange a viewing of this uh, retreat villa. So I actually went and met the staff and everybody who works there. They showed me around. Honestly, the space is magical. We'll have the whole space to ourselves. Um, We have a beautiful yoga shala, beautiful spacious rooms uh, overlooking either the rice fields or the jungle. We have an ice bath and a sauna. I'm so excited about that. We're going to be doing some really, really fun things. and then obviously we, me and Katie, we're discussing the schedule. So when you come to Bali, maybe some people who will be joining us, you know, they won't, it's, it's not gonna be their first time, but I feel like doing things together as a group, it's so, so fun and nurturing. So we'll have a Balinese cooking class scheduled. We'll have a day trip to go uh, to do this water cleansing ceremony. That on its own is such a deep healing experience that i'm i'm still like literally carrying this in my heart um we'll go to other wild waterfalls to just you know enjoy enjoy the power of the water um we'll we'll go to the rice fields we'll have sound healing experiences with local professionals with local healers Um, we'll have the cacao ceremony we'll have the traditional kind of opening ceremony and the blessing Um, so there's so many beautiful things there. And obviously as this is going to be a week-long retreat, so something that we're doing for the first time, you and me, um, you'll have also uh, plenty of time and inten- intentional time to just do whatever you feel like doing. Yeah. There's so many beautiful healers and um, massage therapists, the therapists on the island. You'll be able to go and explore that and just really kind of soak, soak, soak everything in, you know, everything that the island has to offer. The food is going to be delicious, honestly, like vegetarian, vegan options. Uh you'll have time during the lunch to go explore Ubud cafes because we're only only going to be fifteen minute drive from Ubud. So either hopping on a scooter, like a taxi scooter if you don't want to drive, it's super easy to do. Or rent your own and just go out exploring. So ah, uh, that's that's just
1: honestly going to be a dream. Oh, you have Question, or I love a question. I if you had, Amanda, I love her. if you, you had one day in Bali, what would you do?
0: Ooh. Okay. Well, one day in Bali. So I'd probably go to, I rent a scooter. I learned how to ride a scooter in Bali, actually. <laughs> I rent a scooter. I go to see like a nice remote waterfall without any people. Um, I would definitely take like a nice session with like ecstatic dance or yoga or breath work. Then I'd go eat somewhere delicious, uh, you know, in Ubud, um, maybe a, like another yoga session, there's so many beautiful <laughs> spaces, and, it, well, you said Bali, you didn't say Ubud, so I'd probably also go to the coast, because I like to surf, I'm not a great surfer, but this I really a re- like to try, a re- it's, a busy, it's a busy day, but it's only a day, Raimonda only gave me a day, so I'd go to the coast, um, and just, yeah, get aboard, and Soak in the water and maybe try to catch some waves and a sound healing journey for sure, like a cacao ceremony as well. Balinese cacao is so delicious. I brought, I still have some in my fridge actually, about one kilogram of cacao. So, our cacao ceremony is going to be obviously from Bali, it's organic, uh, pure cacao. So,
1: delicious, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Some of the sooner, Alina, but yeah, you should probably like wrap up but I I think yes (laughs) maybe as like a take home setting it's always nice like I'll hopefully be able to extract this and pop it in the podcast as well but just as in I suppose like some questions to ask yourself this week might be like you know what can I start doing less of
0: like Mm. what is
1: this of this perpetual forward motion this kind of crazy spinning and it might be actually you know Maybe this week I'm going to practice, no. Maybe this week I'm going to practice putting myself first. Maybe this week I'm going to look at what I cannot do. Like, maybe having the focus on, I mean, I'm always about abundance mindset when it comes to most things. But actually, I think in the crazy world that we live in, maybe just starting to get curious about, how life could be different maybe just for a week maybe just try it like what would it look like if you had less phone time what would it look like if you had you know maybe it's more as well like more of the things you want more nature walks maybe a bit more connection with your kids maybe like one evening where you cook together or you know maybe just just what would you like kind of yeah like saying no to things to make space and room for the things you kind of feel you need more of, and maybe having a bit more mindfulness about if you are a natural up-regulator, me. <laughs> like, in some kind of more down-regulating practices. Like, your nervous system will thank you. You will feel more resilient. Um, but it- 100%. Sometimes you have to create that pause, which is why, I mean, if you work with me, you know I bang on about journaling all the time. But actually just having that moment to look inside and be like what do i really need like i often ask the people i'm coaching like what would loving yourself even more deeply look like this week like what what action would you take like you know and it's not always the more thing i think quite often like chatting about it might be yeah what do you need like less of
0: Mm, that's that these are great prompts Um, to to journal and kind of sit with
1: yeah um but if anyone yeah I said, I realized I've actually, I've put down these screen time notifications to try and close down my social medias uh, to parent myself. And one's just popped up. So I might just suddenly disappear. So if anyone (laughs) has been listening and you're you're really interested, or you feel like anything in what we've been chatting about has resonated, uh, we're both super chatty, hopefully not too dopamine driven, but you can reach like Lena or I on any of our accounts. Um, and if you're interested in joining us on retreat or knowing a bit more about what we do, obviously just let us know because I think we've found our mission, we found our our passion. Uh,
0: I think so. I just feel very grounded in in what I do, and yeah, my my intention is to to share that with the rest. And by all, by no means, you know, as Katie was saying, we you know we sometimes also scroll and do you know these things that <laughs> are not necessarily good. We're human beings, remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's totally fine. But anyway, our passion is to really to To show you, maybe introduce you to these different tools that can really help you in your day-to-day. And I must say about our tribe retreat page, we share like beautiful things there as well, like on emotional eating. Uh, one of the recent posts where just a couple of things we were discussing about that we need to normalize and maybe talk more about, yeah. you know, even with your friends, with your, you know, family members, whatever. So we share like really, really good, inspiring things in there as well. So you can give us a follow and obviously drop us a message.
1: We're always happy to chat and yeah, and connect and connect. Lovely. <laughs> All right, Lena. Um, that was fantastic. And let's uh, fantastic. again, we'll probably be connecting in about half an hour to discuss the food that we will be eating because again, if you do not know Lena and I you should know that if you come on retreat with us the one thing that will never be limited or um, not in abundance is absolutely delicious nutritious food so we're going to be meeting with Osh, who is who um, is helping us create the magical love tokens of food that will be feeding our body in May but again lovely thank you Lena and I'll speak with your soul thank wonderful.
0: you Katie big hug ciao no. Wow. Ciao. <laughs>